everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Bob Rathman here in Atlanta and excited to welcome in Nikki Collin, the head coach of the Baylor Bears, to talk about her team. We're at number 19 in the preseason and the Big 12 season that's weeks away from beginning. We'll also talk about her time in the WNBA with the Atlanta Dream. All that coming up in just a moment. News and notes from Jersey Mike's to kick things off as always. And if you can pull yourself away from the pigskin this weekend, those charity exhibition games are now starting to dot the schedule, and we've got some key games coming up to take a look at. No counters, but still, it's getting us excited for the new season. Purdue, Arkansas, Saturday, 4 o'clock. That's on ESPN+. And then Sunday, Big Ten Network with two really interesting games. Tennessee, Michigan State, 3.30 Eastern Time. And then Kansas goes to Illinois for that charity exhibition game. Bill Self makes his return to Champaign. That's at 6 o'clock Eastern Time, Sunday evening on the Big Ten Network. Here at the Naismith Awards, we also take a moment to celebrate the life of Tasha Butts, who passed away this past week, hired as the head coach of the women's program at Georgetown in April, longtime assistant coach at UCLA, LSU, and Georgia Tech, played for Pat Summit at Tennessee, a long fight with cancer, Tasha passing away this week, and we wanted to make note of that. My conversation with Nikki Collin right after this from Jersey Mike's. Good news. There's a Jersey Mike's coming to your area. You probably got a ton of questions, so I'll try to answer some. Yes, the meat and cheese for every cold sub is freshly sliced right in front of you. Yes, we grill every hot sub right in front of you. No, we do not accept pirate doubloons for payment. Yes, we have catering. 12 subs in a box. No, our restaurants are not haunted. I hope Okay, congrats on the New Jersey Mikes. A sub above. Well, it is always a pleasure to catch up with our guest this week, a dear friend, the head coach of the Baylor Bears women's basketball program down in Waco. Nikki Collin joins us. Nikki, how are you? I'm doing well. You know, like if, if you saw if you saw film of me, you'd see I'm in a boot because I had a little minor foot surgery. Um, but other than that, like excited to get the season started. We've got a quote secret scrimmage this weekend and, uh, you know, we'll be at it before you know it. So excited to see how this team performs this season. What'd you do to your foot? You know, I have had plantar fasciitis. I have really high arches for years and years. At one point I ruptured it in college and I think the, the scar tissue just built up. And so I had tried to rehab it. It had been bothering me since February and I got to the point where three-hour practices day after day after day in September, I said, okay, um, I'm going to get an MRI. And uh, the, the beauty and blessing of, of being in college athletics or professional athletics is um, you have a, a team of doctors, orthopedic people, and was able to get in and, and get a little 10X and PRP um, on my right heel. And, uh, you know, don't feel amazing yet. Um, but but hopeful that uh, uh, soon I'll feel a lot better. Soon meaning you're going to be out of the boot by the opener or beyond? For sure, for sure. I, I mean, honestly, the boot is like for almost um, pain relief, not that it, I'm, I'm in it because I have to be in it. So, you know, hopefully as soon as I feel a little better, I will be out of it. So, yes, definitely the goal is to be out of the boot long before the home opener. And speaking of home openers, the last one 
coming up. You're getting ready to move into the Foster Pavilion. When is that going to happen? Yeah, the the goal, and we are on target at this point, will be our opener of Big 12 play on January 3rd against TCU. So the men are going to open it on January 2nd in a non-conference game, and then our first game will be January 3rd. So everything um, seems to be um, a go right now. So just excited to uh, see how it all lays out when uh, we get to that point. But boy, a lot of memories in the Ferrell Center, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, obviously I haven't been here a long time, um, but but certainly for me, I can I can very much point to confetti falling and cutting the net down uh, my first year here when we won the Big 12 championship. And, you know, it was back-to-back days in, in Waco that uh, we got to do the confetti celebration because the men won the Big 12 as well that season. So um, definitely has been good to us. And we will do a hopefully really good job of saying farewell to the Farrell in November and December. And then, you know, excited to move into Foster Pavilion. Nikki, I know, I know coaches, they always want more time. But uh, there comes a point where you're sick of playing against yourselves and you want to play somebody else. I'm sure that time has come. Tell us about your team and where you are in the preseason. Yeah, I think um, we do want to see. I think it's it's almost like you just need you need to figure out what the pulse is. You need to figure out um, in some ways what works and what doesn't work. Um, whether you're going against your, your male practice squad um, who maybe doesn't know your stuff and sometimes – makes it too easy uh, to accomplish what you want to accomplish. Um, and then going against each other where obviously that everyone knows what the other person does. Um, you know, it, it really gives you a, a measuring stick. Um, I think one of our strengths is depth this season, but I think we, we need to see some separation um, these last two weeks. Um, and I think the scrimmage hopefully will give us, um, you know, some, some, look into, you know, what that rotation could look like, not that it can't change from game to game or week to week. Um, certainly we've been dealing with a lot of nagging injuries. Um, so really in this, this preseason 20 practices so far, we've probably only had all 13 players twice. Um, and even in those two practices, we were, we were still limited with some of those bodies. So um, just excited to see how kind of the pieces mesh together you see it a little bit at times in practice, but, you know, you really want to see it when the lights um, come on because, you know, no one really plays 13 players <laughs> in college sports. And so, you know, this idea of, of um, not trimming the fat because I think we have a lot of talent, but figuring out what the right group, whether it's eight or nine, um, does that eight or nine shift? Um, you know, do we have a healthy eight slash nine? And, and so really figuring out kind of the, the actual rotation um, who fits well with whom and when. Nikki, your club is ranked. Uh, you're, you start the preseason poll at number 19. And, of course, a Baylor team being ranked is is not particularly newsworthy nationally, but it is a big deal. It's always a big deal when a club is ranked. You and Texas are the only Big 12 schools to be ranked in the preseason poll. As you look at the, at the league, uh, how do you think this is going to pan out? I mean, uh, obviously your, your soul can – concern is Baylor, but how, how strong is the Big 12 going to be this season? Yeah, I think we're going to start to see it in the non-conference. You know, it's it's a un- unique time in college sports with the transfer portal. 
And so, you know, certainly a year ago, we had a very veteran league. Um, you know, the player of the year, Ashley Jones, the fifth year senior. Maddie Williams at OU was a fifth-year senior. Taylor Robertson, who broke every three-point record the league had ever seen, was a fifth year. I mean, you had a lot um, of veteran players. So it's a bit of a changing of the guard, you know, I, I think this year. But I think the transfer portal makes that um, a little bit easier. Those teams aren't suddenly relying on freshmen. You know, they're able to go fill in in the portal. So sometimes, you know, teams can really rise in a hurry. Um, and, and I just think – um, the league is going to be better um, than maybe on paper and in terms of ranking. You know, I think for us, um, I'm grateful to be ranked. You know, you obviously want to finish the season uh, better than you started and, and, you know, prove that you're as good as people think you are. Um, but I think that's a lot of respect for our program because while Baylor's had an obviously rich tradition, these these are our kids, you know. I mean, we we have one player – um, back, you know, that's been here more than one calendar year, and Sarah Andrews, um, who certainly is, is an all-conference player, but outside of that, everybody um, is someone that we've signed, you know, over the last two years, and so, you know, this is really our chance to to show that, that Baylor is certainly here to stay and, and can stay at the upper echelon of this league and compete for championships, so that's the goal, but I think the league, um, some coaching changes in the league, Obviously, four new additions to the league this year. Um, so I think we're going to see a, a, some teams like a Kansas who won the postseason NIT and probably was a snub for the NCAA. Um, they're that veteran team this year. Texas returns all their starters. Um, so, so you've got some really, really good teams, I think, in the top half of our league. Which brings me to my next question, Nikki. How does the women's conference schedule play out with with this year and then next year. How many conference games this year? Is it 18? Yeah, it's 18 this year. Um, still talking about 18 next year. It's not, not set, but certainly that's, you know, um, you know, when they do the analytics on the net and how many teams make the tournament and what that, that proper number is. I know the men are going to go to 20 games next year um, with the addition of the four Pac-12 schools, but we're going to stay at 18 you know, it's a it's a tough schedule. I mean, I, I'm I know um, it's such, I'm so grateful that that we have this unique platform um, that we get to be on ESPN and Fox and ESPN two and and have these linear TV games. Um, certainly, all of our games are on ESPN plus, but to really have opportunity to play on linear TV and have have a national platform, um, but that doesn't go without playing marquee matchups. You know, and I think because of that, you have an unbalanced schedule for the first time in a really long time in the Big 12, um, you know, with, with 10 teams a year ago, we played 18 conference games and played everybody twice. And, you know, so this year it's kind of who you play, who you play twice, where you play the teams you play once that could really impact seeding and, and who wins a conference championship this year. So um, that's going to be new for, for everybody in our league. Nikki, you're unique in that, you know, you come to the college uh, situation as a head coach after coaching uh, in the WNBA and did it great. I mean, you were the WNBA Coach of the Year when you were here in Atlanta. I'm interested to ask, what lessons did you did you take away from your experience in the W that you've been able to apply to to Baylor? Yeah, I think a lot of it. Um, certainly, the the pros. I would say, you know, people always ask me what's the difference, and I think 
you know, when you're coaching in the pros, it's, it, it felt like 80% X's and O's, you know, and 20% um, personality management, player roster management, things like that. But you really, it was really about coaching. It was about game planning. It was about building your roster. Um, you know, I, I think when you flip that around, I feel like a lot of times it's more like 2080 in college in terms of 20% basketball and 80% player management, personality management, recruiting, you know, all the things to, to build your program from fundraising to, um, you know, the, the NIL world we're in um, right now, which has changed everything. Um, but I think the, the greatest lessons I learned, like I have so much confidence um, in terms of, of getting the board in my hand and X's and O's and ATO's and, and really being good in late game situations. Certainly you don't play as many close games in college as you do in the pros. Um, but I think when you're in those situations night in and night out, playing four games in a week, um, six games in nine days, those type of situations, um, you think quickly. Um, you're, you're quick on your feet. You're, you're ready to make changes and adjustments. Um, and so I think that the league gave me a ton of confidence, um, you know, just in my X's and O's approach and how I think about the game and, and really like teach the game. Because if you can, if you can get pros, um, 22 to 35 year olds to, to live, listen to you, to believe in you, um, to execute, um, then, then it's actually easier. Not that necessarily they're all as good of players or have the, the basketball background, um, but they really trust in, in your knowledge um, and believe in your knowledge of the game. So I think that gave me, the league gave me a ton of confidence that way. And then I think more than ever, we're, we're just, it's about, you know, roster management. It's about um, constantly recruiting your own players and building relationships. And, and you know, as much as, as the WNBA is a business and, and coaching in the pros is a, usually business decisions and you're, you're uh, worried about return on investment and those type of things. I think the best coaches still um, build meaningful relationships, you know, and, and I had a, you know, had a chance to form a lot of great relationships um, that have sustained since I've left the pros that, um, that I want, you know, to carry to the college game as well. You know, I always say like as much as I want to cut nets down and, and kids perform at the level that they're all conference or all American, um, you know, it's it's being invited to weddings and baby showers and things like that that will ultimately show that I've made an impact um, on this generation and, and my players. And so that's just as important to me that they're getting their degrees, that they're prepared for what life is going to look like when the ball doesn't bounce anymore for them. Um, so I think that's that's the unique challenge. And, and yet at the same time, you know, an incredible opportunity to empower young women um, that I get to do day in and day out. And you do it very well. Nikki, thanks so much for your time. This is great. We wish you nothing but the best. I know you're excited to have the whole family intact. <laughs> you know, going, going, yeah, going, we're getting going, closer. Going. I've got two of them. I've got two of them that are freshmen here at Baylor, so that's been unbelievable. I've got one that's still um, rocking her lacrosse stick um, in Atlanta, and so um, just excited to see. It's a big year for her um, in terms of uh, what's next. Um, that she's a 2020 Six And it's amazing to think that, you know, this is the year for her that, that college coaches really start watching and paying attention and kids start making decisions. So um, just a really exciting time for, for the Colin family, but uh, excited for, for this season and, and appreciate you always. Um, one of my favorite people um, forever. So excited to see what, what's next for you as well.
Well, thanks, Nikki. And we'll be watching every game for sure and wishing nothing but the best. Thanks for doing this for us. That's it for this week, everybody. The season is almost here. Just a couple of weeks now before we tip it off for real. Can't wait to get going. For all of us here at the Naismith Awards, Bob Rathbun in Atlanta, thanking you for joining us, and we'll see you next week.